This is an RNZ podcast. They say it takes a village to raise a child. I'm Catherine Ryan, and here we draw on my conversations with experts on Nine to Noon to help you navigate family life. Research has underlined the importance of parents and teachers working together to help their children do well at school. The partnership is increasingly being emphasised in education policy and by Māori, Pacific peoples and parents of children who need learning support. Senior researcher at the New Zealand Council for Educational Research, Mohamed Alansari, is in the Wellington studio to discuss this. Kia ora, Mohamed. Welcome back. Kia ora. Thank Always you. Good to see you. Lovely to have you here. Rugged up, got the scarf out. It's yes. definitely the 1st of July, isn't it? <laughs> Gosh, it's cold. <laughs> it needed to get cold. Something was a bit wrong last month. <laughs> now, when we talk about parent-educator partnerships, what is it that you're referring to? Yeah, and so one of the latest pieces of research that we've done is where we've explored specific aspects of those partnerships. So we asked, we've looked at whether mothers in particular were happy about um, the, the way that they've been communicating with schools. Do they feel valued? Do they think that teachers care about what they think, the kind of feedback that they provide? So we looked at specific aspects of that um, um, partnership, really. And we've only looked at it from the mother's point of view as well. i got to also give credit to... The the longitudinal study growing up in New Zealand and Ministry of Social Development who've helped us with the access to the data and the funding to carry this work. And so we've analysed a national representative data from mothers from all around the country. And what was really, really heartwarming to see is that most mums were really positive about their interactions with school as well as with early learning service. Is this now, primary age, primary school um, age? So we're talking about mums with children aged four to six. Ah. And so some of the children were with, uh, enrolled in early learning service and others have just started enrolling this in school. transition to school time, really, Exactly isn't it? right. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's exactly why we wanted to look at those two ages as well. We wanted to look at whether partnerships in early learning service would actually tell us anything about how things happen when kids move on to school. And so, and that's exactly what we found, really. Mums who report positive experiences with early learning service tend to also report positive experiences in terms of their communication and partnerships with school. So the key message is, yes, we want parents to be in touch with educational agencies as early as possible in order for us to see that partnership sustained over time as well. So what is it that you asked or learned more deeply? To, you know, to, What kind of depth could you go into? Mm. Well, um, although mothers were mostly positive about their child's um, school and, 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 and early learning service, there were a couple of things that stood out. So, for example, mums were less positive about whether the child's teacher is interested in getting to know them and whether the teacher pays attention to their suggestions. But as we've talked about this in our research and other projects, that doesn't actually mean that teachers or schools don't want to be in touch with parents or they don't care about forming a good bond with parents and whānau. Um, our other projects, the National Survey Project and a recent review of primary school staffing have shown exactly the, the, the very similar pattern. Teachers and schools say we value input from parents and final, we want to do more of it, but we actually either don't have the resources or the time to carry heaps of it. And one of the things that we keep hearing from schools is that year after year expectations are increased, workload demands increase, it's hard to do the teaching job these days in just seven to eight hours and so they're actually wanting to engage but they're trying to figure out how can we do it given all of the increasing demands all right what's the importance of it 
and some kind of synchronicity between mm. what's happening at home and what's happening at school. Yes. Home shouldn't be school. Mm. However, home can support what yes. school's doing. Could you speak more about what we know about yeah. getting that right? Absolutely. So one of the things that we know from existing literature, and that's not just New Zealand literature, but it's international, is that creating seamless transitions between what happens at school and what happens in the home environment is actually really good for child's learning outcomes for their well-being. We want to connect the learning experiences in school and out of school. That's really why we want parents and teachers to come together and to have focused conversations on how we can both support our kids' learning trajectory. Um, having homeschool partnerships, being on the same page um, with schools or with home is actually also predictive of kids' sense of belongingness. Schools um, where they report high levels of engagement um, with parents also report that the kids attend more, they want to come to school, they see the connections between what's being taught in school and the things that they apply out of school as well. So there are great benefits really from having that being on the same page across the board. What does it look like though in practice at this age? Because Mm. again, there's a big pushback against formalising a child's learning when they're this young. Play is very important to their mm. learning at this age. Yep. But when you're doing that foundational stuff around language, around numeracy, um, what is it? That, what does it look like for the parent to be supporting what's happening in school, and vice versa? Yes. Well. Uh There's a lot of ways that we often recommend that parents and schools adopt in terms of strategies to talk about the learning. Um, What we've noticed actually, especially last year with COVID, is that teachers have explicitly shared the lesson plans with the parents and they've talked explicitly about learning intentions. They've provided examples of what might a learning with, with science look like at home, what might reading class at home look like. These are the things that you could do at home as well. They moved a lot of their resources online. Um, a colleague of mine who's a teacher in Auckland was telling me how around COVID they've started a Facebook page where all the parents would go online and share some of the things that they've been doing at home and they ended up inviting some teachers to also share their resources and what amazed me about this is that fast forward one year later they're still using that Facebook page you know and so 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 I think parents um, are recognizing that there's a lot of time pressures teachers also don't have a lot of time nowadays so they started thinking creatively about how can we be involved without burdening teachers how can we utilize things such as technology and other forums to come together that's interesting as well because some of this isn't even trying to become the teacher at home a lot of it it's about as you say understanding what's happening in the classroom understanding what specific um, issues there are for your child some of it's just attitudinal it's just it's just showing interest in, not, in, in what's happening. That's right. You're not replacing the role of the teacher. You're not replacing the school. Um, you're complementing what happens. You're providing a rich learning experience at home that's contextualised. And in that way, you talk about how things at class could apply to what happens at home and beyond. What's interesting, though, with this age group is that you're right at the start of establishing that relationship. Yes, with a child in school. You're settling them mm. and you're also settling yourself yes. in your relationship with the school. And more specific things might happen over time. You don't want to be there when a child's five and a half saying, can't do letters or can't do this or whatever, or gets the rods, you know, gets gets the <laughs> Lego wrong. What's the story? We're falling behind. Um, but, but over time, you're also looking, and this is important from other 
parts of research you're looking for where there may be learning support issues that are needed and they can begin to present yep. quite early on. So it really is about, a lot of it's about feedback, isn't it? And about, Absolutely. And, and avoiding being in a, I'm here for my child and I want your attention all the time, into I'm here for my child and how can I work with you and what works in with you. Exactly. I really like what you just said, how can I work with you? Because I think it truly takes a village. And so really it's a matter of understanding our different roles in supporting the child. If truly the child is at the heart of the matter, what is your role as an educator? What is my role as a parent? What is someone else's role as an agency or a service and how we can work together? That's right. So what are some of the things to think about and understanding the pressure on the teacher's time, understanding the key parts of the day Mm. where they don't really want to be talking to an individual parent about an individual child because actually they've got a bunch of other things about to happen. What's some advice on how to begin to talk about that relationship? And is it literally, look, how can I hear from you and how Mm. can you hear from me? What works best? Yep. So um, luckily a lot of schools now have got a really good system of communication where they would always send out regular updates either via emails, via newsletters. As I said before, Facebook groups has become increasingly popular and what have you. And so as well as parent-teacher conferences and interviews and what have you. And so I would really encourage parents to take advantage of these opportunities because this is a time where teachers have dedicated space um, for parents to talk about the child's learning needs, how they can better work with teachers and schools and whatnot. Um, actually, you just reminded me as well of a colleague of mine who's um, a friend as well as a parent, and she was saying that they have a parents group, um, and that's part of the school community, and the parents every month they meet together and they share updates on what's happening in school, and if they have concerns, then one parent takes on board these concerns, they go to the school and then they talk them through. And in that way, not having 30 parents with the same concern, for example, it's all collated and there's a clear line of communication. So really thinking about the strategies that will work for both parties as well as won't burden both parties. I'm very conscious that teachers got 30 plus kids to teach and then at the end of the day they've got to have a good healthy um, work-life balance they've got their own kids to raise and families and what have you so let's let's make each other's lives easier there's also it's interesting this insight and i'm curious as to how you interpret this uh, that most mothers were positive about their child's school in terms being welcomed and included and good communication however they were less positive about whether their child's teacher is interested in getting to know them and whether teachers pay attention to their suggestions (laughs) a lot could be read into that last bit right it's a it's a quantitative study and so we're able to pinpoint patterns not necessarily explain right but one of the things that i also looked at when i first saw this is that right what kind of suggestions are being made um, are these expectations or, or is the feedback that's being transmitted back and forth realistic is it within the demands and expectations of a teacher role or not and so you could see it in different ways really whether or not a teacher pays attention to the parents suggestions um, and as, as we were talking earlier um, the fact that teachers now are expected to do far too much in a single day um, it, that might also make it really harder to pay attention to every single piece of feedback and working with each also, one of them what, what is probably used to talk and provide suggestions is it about something that's actually relatively minor in the context of a class of 25 or 30 plus kids or is it something really important for example you are concerned that your child is showing uh, you right. know, potential issues of, of, of a um, uh, of needing some kind of extra support or, yep. or um, some kind of special need 
that's the kind of detailed information you might want to. That's have a exactly comp- right. Not not just. I read this book or I saw this on the internet and why aren't we doing it? You know, <laughs> you need to calibrate your own place in the scheme of things and mm. to prioritise stuff. Yeah? Yep, yep. Being clear about what is it that you're worried about and also being reasonable and realistic. Is this something that a teacher would be able to help you with? Could you have looked this up on your own? Is it a principal's thing that you want to go and talk to them about? Could it be um, a conversation with other parents? So, uh, yeah, I agree. It's, it's, it's a matter of... Is this suggestion or feedback warranted? Am I sending it to the right channel? Am I putting it in the right way? Do I have a solution that comes with it? And so on. And do I know more than the teacher or not? <laughs> or not? Yes, you know, you need, you know your child. There's other things um, that, again, again, have to be taken into account. I am curious about this one line. Just to explain, our recent research shows that what mothers do at home at an early age with their children makes a difference to how mothers view their children's learning by the time they get to primary school. What are you getting at there? Um, early involvement is key. Really, that's that's the key message behind this. It seems like mothers who are involved in the education of their child as early as early learning service, um, there's a clear line of communication between them and educational agencies. They come later on either not, not just wanting to be involved again when the child makes it to school, but also they seem to also report more positive views of that partnership right. or the relationship. So if you've been very involved right from the from the yep. earliest earliest stages. You also mentioned that uh, there were some other cohorts who um, were less positive about their experiences of, of the um, mother-educator partnership. Yep. Yep. What was happening there? For example, those in, in um, uh, what have we got here? Those who found paid work interfering with their home life. So people who are very, very busy with work. Exactly. So one of the other findings that we've got is that mums who spoke a language other than English at home, as well as mums of Asian children, and those who found that work interfered with the home life were less positive about their experience um, or part aspects of partnerships with their school. It could be because those. Um, the imbalance of work-life circumstances, that might stop them from being in touch with school as much as they wanted. And so, um, but that really highlights the importance of educational agencies and schools better understanding the circumstances that's happening at home and how they can better reach out. Because it could be for people who are who have busy lives, who work to late hours, who look after not just their kids, but they're also extended whanau, they might prefer a different way of communicating, a different way of involving as well. And people for whom English is not the first language, this was an issue as well. This actually requires the school to be making an exactly effort, isn't right. it? Yeah? Yep. And so one of the things that we're currently doing is we are going, and I'll talk about this um, soon as well, is that we want to hear more about parents across the board, um, mothers of aging children, mothers who doesn't don't speak English as the first language, but also all mums about their experiences. What would make a difference to their communication with school and their experience with their child's school? And so the it's one of those things that we really want to think of, okay, how we can better support those mums to make sure that that strong partnership is solidified as early as, as year one or year two from So primary. you're going to do some more work on that, yeah? Yeah. Well, why mums? Uh, is it simply because at this, at this age they tend to be um, way more often than not the, the, the caregiver right. interacting with the school? Um, we were actually, we, we applied to have access to this longitudinal data set from growing up in New Zealand study and they collect data predominantly for mums at that age. Right. And so part of this decision is that because that was the existing data but there is some uh, literature that suggests that in those early years there's a closer bond between the mum and the child 
child in particular and that they wanted to go for the mum together data that way but yeah we just had access to an existing data set so we didn't have a choice in terms of can we go for dads as well as mums or other caregivers Thank you, and I suppose the other thing that's left to resolve, as you said, is how to somehow build this time for teachers. Not excessive time, but really quality time when they are so under the pump, yeah? That's exactly right. I think actually there's there's a lot of things that we want to think of as a result of, of that recent staffing review and other reports. We've got to have societal macro level conversations about our expectations of schools and education are we expect are our expectations reasonable and realistic of what's happening at school because as these expectations go up 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 teachers workload or the hours of the day stay the same um, and instead of removing things when you add more demands you're just piling them up so so something's got to give and so we really have to also think about creative ways to ensure that teachers don't hit burnout. We want more teachers in the workforce. We don't want them to leave. We want to attract the best and the brightest, and we want them to think of what's best for the child. And I'd like us all to have faith, really, in our teachers. They're trained professionals, and they know what they need to do in order to support children. Um, if it's a matter of resourcing time, then these are things that we can actually work on as a system to support them with. So let's figure out ways to support them better. Thank you, Mohamed Alansari, who is Senior Researcher at the New Zealand Council for Educational Research.